everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shape Pate. Now, this intro is called Rise of the King. And since men, we look at you as kings, I thought this would be so appropriate for my fantastic Fellas Friday. So, fellas, Rise of the King is dedicated to you, and I hope you guys enjoy this fantastic Fellow Friday episode. On this fantastic Fellows Friday, I decided I wanted to stay with the flow of politics and voting rights and upcoming elections in Georgia again. So my fantastic fellows Friday person I want to talk about and actually celebrate is the NAACP CEO and president, Derek Johnson. Now, I'm just going to talk about my association with the NAACP in the past And with Derek Johnson in current times, I used to be um, a member of the NAACP a zillion years ago, and I was very proud to be a member. And then over the years, in all honesty, I know I'm probably not the only one who had felt this way. I didn't get as involved as I used to because I was feeling that the NAACP kind of kept quiet and other organizations were coming around to speak for um, advancement of colored people. But now um, I am back involved with them and under the direction of the current CEO and president, Derek Johnson, I am I'm excited about the organization and what he has done. You know, um, I'm in Georgia and a lot of politics has been, uh, it's been going on in Georgia from the presidential election in 2016, excuse me, 20, well, that too, 2016, but 2020. And from the, um, regarding the two Senate seats this year in January that were decided in both um, being given to Democrats. And of course, um, as I said, President Joe Biden went in Georgia. So uh, the red state of Georgia term blew all the way. And as you know, and if you've been listening to any of my episodes, you know what I'm about to say. As you know, 2022, here we go. As we say one more again with the governor's race in Georgia and Stacey Abrams for the second time is running for that race. And I always put my disclaimer about being a major supporter of her. But this is about Derek Johnson. And I have already um, been trying to throw things out there for people to get registered to vote, find out their information. And I followed the NAACP on Twitter and Instagram. So I make sure I copy them in some of the tweets that I have and will be making in the next year and a half. Now, I want to just congratulate Derek Johnson for doing something that 
I had never seen any uh, NAACP president do with me anyway. And that was after the January election. I got a thank you card from him. Uh, he is very his well, his organization is very attuned into um, people, just everyday people trying to make a difference in especially the African-American community. And not only did I receive that and been communicating back and forth, not with him personally, but the organization in October of this year, I was extremely um, proud and impressed that I received um, an invitation to participate live in a conference that was being held and it was actually hosted by the NAACP and it's called Vote and Lead. Hashtag NVE W2021. And I was very, it was hosted by the uh, NAACP and I was invited and participated as a listener. So, um, ladies promoting transparent advocacy, excuse me, ladies promoting transparent advocacy podcast is thankful for that invitation. So I want to put that out there. So let's talk about Dear Johnson. And what I always like to do is go to an organization's website and read about them. And so, of course, I went to NAACP.org slash people slash Derek Johnson, and I will put that uh, on my sources. So let's read what their page says about Derek Johnson. It says, Derek Johnson serves as president and CEO of the NAACP, a title he has held since October of 2017. President Johnson formerly served as vice chairman of the NAACP National Board of Directors, as well as state president for the Mississippi State Conference NAACP. A longstanding member and leader of the NAACP, Mr. Johnson has helped guide the association through a period of re-envisioning and reinvigoration. Now, that kind of says what I was just telling you as a former member. He has um, reinvigorated me. Under President Johnson's leadership, the NAACP has undertaken such efforts as the 2018 Log Out Facebook campaign pressuring Facebook after reports of Russian hackers targeting African-Americans. The Jamestown to Jamestown partnership marking the 400th year enslaved Africans first touched the, excuse me, the shores of America and the 2020 We Are Done Dying campaign, exposing the inequities embedded into the American healthcare system and the country at large. As the Biden administration took office in 2021, President Johnson led the charge in calling for a cabinet level position focused squarely on advancing our nation's longstanding issue of racial injustice. President Biden signed an executive order establishing an interagency effort to eliminate systematic racial barriers and ensuring federal policies are rooted in equity, optimizing the well-being of all and public policies. Now, I'm just going to stop there. I'm going to finish reading this page, but unfortunately, and I, as it's called the way I see it, I think President Biden is failing us in this area. 
and his whole administration really need to be paying attention. Because as I heard someone talk about the administration, how they're failing the African-American community, I heard someone talking about this, and I won't say who it is, but she was on point when she said, as we know, if it wasn't for the African-American community, the Biden administration would not exist. So I just wanted to kind of put my little two cents in. The height of the NAACP is yet to be seen. It is an opportunity to seize upon our collective energy to make democracy work for our future. There will always be tools and devices, whether it's technology or otherwise, that we can leverage and use, but there is no greater tool or device than the collective whole working in unison towards a goal of securing civil rights for our future generations. Now that's on the page. There's not quotes in there, but I have a feeling this is a quote from President Johnson. And if not, forgive me, I'm just saying what I'm reading. President Johnson also continues to be on the front lines on some of the most pressing civil rights issues of our time, calling out Virginia Governor Ralph Northam for his use of blackface, condemning the burning of black churches in Tennessee and Louisiana, testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee in opposition to Attorney General William Barr's nomination and overseeing the NAACP's vote to impeach President Donald J. Trump at the 110th National Convention in Detroit. President Johnson elevated the association's visibility and voice as we called for a national response to the coronavirus pandemic that was informed by existing racial disparities in health care outcomes, access, coverage, and services, as well as the disparate excuse me, disparate impact of COVID-19 on African Americans and other people of color. Recognizing the critical importance of quality health care, he has long advocated for expanded Medicaid eligibility, affordable health insurance, excuse me, options, and investment in community-based health care infrastructure through a strong network of equitably located, well-resourced community health centers. Now, growing up in Pittsburgh, we had a health center in Homewood, which is still there. I don't know about the impact it had when I was growing up, but some people just couldn't afford to go to the hospital. And the health center was definitely the place to go. Born in Detroit, Mr. Johnson attended Togaloo College in Jackson, Mississippi. He then received his JD from the South Texas College of Law in Houston, Texas. Stop, I'ma stop right there. Cause I always tell people, I don't care what you do. If you are associated with politics or anything that's about advocating, believe it or not, a major majority of all those people are lawyers first. I'm just saying, I keep telling y'all that and it just keeps coming out. So I just wanted to kind of reiterate that. Mr. Johnson has also furthered his training through fellowships with the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, the George Washington University School of Political Management, and the Massachusetts, excuse me, Institute of Technology, which we know as MIT. He has served as an annual guest lecturer at Harvard Law School, lending his expertise to Professor Lonnie Janier, Gwinnett, I don't know. I guess her name is pronounced, well, I think it's a woman, Laney. You know, I'm going to spell it when I can't pronounce it. G-U-I-N-I-E-R. 
I don't know how it's pronounced, uh, courses, uh, excuse me, course on social movements and as an adjunct professor at his old school, Tugaloo College. Mr. Johnson is a veteran activist who has dedicated his career to defending the rights and improving the lives of Mississippians. As state president of the NAACP Mississippi State Conference, he led critical campaigns for voting rights and equitable education. He successfully managed two bond referendum campaigns in Jackson, Mississippi that brought $150 million in school building improvements and $65 million towards the construction of a new convention center, respect, excuse me, respectively. As a regional organizer at the Jackson-based nonprofit Southern Echo Inc., Mr. Johnson provided legal, technical, and training support for communities across the South. President Johnson is frequently featured on CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, and many other advocating on behalf of the Black community and all those who are affected by systematic oppression and prejudice. Wow. Well, so that's his page. Well, that's the about the president page. So let's talk about some other things he's done and is doing. And I already know I'm going to be associating my organization with him with the Georgia governor, governor race in 2022. You know, when you have leaders as powerful as uh, Derek Johnson, it's so uh interesting to see how people post things they say or do. So as you know, I always try to find things in our own words. And there's several things that I want you guys to listen to just to get how he feels about injustice. So I found a video that was on MSNBC two weeks ago asking him about the verdict of the Rittenhouse verdict, which was uh, entitled Injustice. And listen to what he says about it. What is your visceral reaction to the verdict today? You know, it's unfortunate for the families of the victim uh, with this outcome. We all witnessed and seen on screen what happened. Uh, but it's a true tale of what we need to do moving forward. Here's a judge that's been elected for the past three days, mostly unopposed. I hope that community take note and recognize that this particular judge is not providing justice for that community. In addition to that, the jury pool question is a real question that we must embrace in a way in which we increase the number of people who are registered to vote and willing to serve on juries. It was an injustice. This was worse than the Emmett Till trial. This was worse to so many trials where we know for a fact individuals committed murder and yet they were not uh, brought to justice. It is unfortunate, but this is America. Do you think that it emboldens other people to pick up guns and go to protests or, you know, uh, communities of color to terrorize folks? I mean, I feel like one of the, the dangerous precedents this sets is people who don't live in a particular community will go to where unrest is after a police shooting. We've seen police shootings happen far too often. Well, this is the legacy of the Trump administration. It is about the otherness and emboldening so many people, whether it's in Charlottesville or the synagogue in Pittsburgh or in this this case where people feel 
like it is okay to display their white supremacist behavior in the public square. Unfortunately for the families of the victims of this murder, here's a 17-year-old who came across state lines with a firearm that he purchased illegally driven by his mother to a community that did not invite him, allegedly protecting property that was not his property and, and, and by, to, to support law enforcement officers who didn't need support. And so there is no logical reason for him to be there. The fact that this judge dismissed the armed charges, which should not have, uh, uh, shouldn't have been dismissed. The real question here is, was there a federal crime committed? Should the Biden administration be bringing federal charges in this case? Do we have a U.S. attorney that's been appointed in this jurisdiction so that we can look at whether or not uh, this young man should be charged? You and I both know, had this person been African-American or Latino, he would be behind bars tonight. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the families of the victims will not receive justice. What is the role of civil rights organizations um, in this particular moment? How do you see your role um, with an organization like the NAACP that's connected to this long history? I see this case as... A, a part of the history that we're all living through. How do you see your place in it? Well, it, it is definitely a part of history we're living through. In fact, the reason why the NACP was created because on average an African-American was being lynched every day when we were created in 1909. And so for our advocacy voice, once we must reform our criminal justice systems too, in terms of the communities that we represent, that we must encourage a, a heightened engagement, particularly when you have judges who are elected or jury pools that are not as diverse as necessary. The sad part of what we're witnessing right now is the potential outcome of the Ahmaud Arbery uh, uh, killing that those three individuals actually did. We've seen that on tape. But unfortunately, in that community with 25% African-Americans, only one juror, we are unfortunately uh, faced with the same outcome. We cannot have a justice system that's unjust. We have a legal system that's void of justice for African-Americans and Latinos across the country, and in many cases, poor whites as well. Now, I'll tell you something. Every single thing he said about the Rittenhouse uh, verdict, I had said to my friends, and I hadn't heard what he had to say. And I'm glad that we were on the same page with that because facts, <laughs> let's just put it like that. Those are facts of what would have happened if he had been a person of color. You know, I like doing this podcast because I get to teach myself some things through my research. And I found a press statement that he did um, for the NAACP on October 6th of 2020. And this is something I did not know. And it's entitled, the NAACP President and CEO Derek Johnson released the following statement following the revelation that AT&T backs one American, I mean, excuse me, one American news. That's the AOA news station or AKA the new Trump station because they kind of... Um, he kind of threw Fox under the bus. Uh, he still deal with him, but a, uh, one American, one American news is his prime station and nothing that I've ever heard them say. Cause I watch all the channels cause I want to see what people are saying. I've never heard them tell the truth about anything about COVID, about the election, about anything. So that's, they might want to change the name of that. But anyway, listen to the press statement he made regarding this. 
It says NAACP President and CEO Derek Johnson released the following statement following the revelation that AT&T backs One American News, OAN. He says, we are outraged. So I'm going to just put it out there. We are outraged to learn that AT&T has been funneling tens of millions of dollars into a, excuse me, into OAN, One American News, since the network's inception. AT&T has, has, as a result, caused the irreparable damage to our democracy. The press should inform the American public with facts, not far-right propaganda and conspiracy theories. Now, as I said, I, I flip on it at least a couple times a week to see what they're saying. And I watch for a, a, a long period of time because I'm a person I like to do research. And I'm just telling you my experience. I have never, ever, ever, ever heard them tell the truth about anything I've heard. Never. And it's so sad because that is what the news is supposed to be about. We know Fox did it, but Fox did it a little classier than this. And then if you ever watch them, their whole background looks cheap. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't even look like it's a real network. So that's my personal opinion. He goes on to say, AT&T CEO John Stankey, oh, S-T-A-N-K-E-Y. Oh, my goodness, the word stank. <laughs> African-American community know what stank means. That's kind of stanky. It's not a good thing. But John Stankey wrote that, quote, our corporate value to stand for equality has never been more relevant. Whoa, let me stop that quote. Oh, well, that's not true if you're on a, uh, One America News because everything they're saying is the opposite of equality. All right, let me finish. Not only inside AT&T, but outside as well. It is a business imperative to champion equality, diversity, and inclusion in every aspect of our business. Wow. Quote, for a corporation that fuels... Now, this is Derek Johnson responding. For a corporation that fuels... One American News, OAN, a network that continues to spread the lies about the 2020 election and the January 6th insurrection, AT&T's values could not be any more performative and flat out fake. We are sickened by these revelations. That's his statement. And I agree because that statement I just read from AT&T CEO John Stanky is the opposite of one of what One American News does and stand for. So he's not being honest, and I'm guessing he's trying to save face with stockholders and and consumers. But mm -mm -mm. see, this is the NAACP I grew up with putting it out there. And I'm gonna tell you something. Until I start getting involved uh, in the 2018 um, governor's uh, race here in Georgia. I really wasn't, and I'm going to be honest, even interested in hearing or caring what the NAACP was doing. I mean, like a lot of African-Americans, sure. I did watch all of the NAACP Image Award shows because I am a fan and I wanted to see who was being acknowledged and appreciated. However, as far as the organization, I felt 
um, throughout the years, they haven't done what they did when I was growing up. And I do agree with the statement of President and CEO Derek Johnson revitalizing it, getting people involved, getting people excited about it. And I just wanted to say, uh, President, CEO, I always like to say CEO first because in most rankings, that's more powerful than the president. But that's just my opinion. Derek Johnson, you are the man. You are my fantastic Fellows Friday. I am excited about introducing you to the world so that those who don't want to do research or find out not only who you are, but what the organization is about. So I want to say to all people of color, not just African-Americans, consider joining the NAACP. There's so many things on their website I'm looking at. They have empowerment programs, action centers. You can join a local unit. You can become a partner. And, you know, they have action alerts regarding voting policies, Georgia people. If you're not sure, go to it. Uh, they have action alerts, cancel student debt, young people in college, look into that. They just have so many things. And I just really, you know, under their know the issues, I just kind of want to read what's on their website. They have uh, topics, race and justice, inclusive economy. Advocacy and litigation, education, innovation, health and well-being, environmental and climate justice, next generation leadership. Listen to that, young people. We need new leaders. We need them now. And so these are resources that you can find on their website. And I really encourage you to go to NAACP.org. And just check it out and get involved because America is not the same America and it probably in our lifetime will never be again, unfortunately. And for all people, not just people of color, all people can get involved. All people can get memberships. All people can join. And if you care about your friends, for, uh, let me just say this to the non-colored people, the Caucasians, if you have uh, friends that are people of color and you want to do something and get involved, consider joining and getting involved with the NAACP. Right now, I think Derek Johnson is one of the most uh, powerful leaders and current. He's current into what's going on. And like I said, I have been um, I've been really, really excited and revigorated as <laughs> they said he does. He's done that for me. So I just want to say President and CEO, dear Johnson, you are my fantastic fellow Friday, and I am looking forward to getting involved. Um, I do as much as I can to get words out, especially for the um, Legal Defense Fund. They have a Legal Defense Fund as well, and I'm just trying to do whatever I can to spread the word. So I just want to say shout out to you, President and CEO Johnson. Well, guys, this will end this episode, and I hope that the information that you received is inspiring, uplifting, and informative. As I always say, follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A is in advocacy, capital L is in ladies. We are also now on Instagram, and forgive me because I'm still trying to learn Instagram, but we're on 
We are on Instagram, also at Advocacy Ladies. And you can follow us on many of the podcast apps. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, Alexa TuneIn, and of course, my hosting podcast company, Podbean. If you have any questions or subjects you want us to look into, give us a call. We're at 404-855-7723. Or you can send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com. And you know my favorite question is, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.